1,000 better stories. You're listening to 1,000 Better Stories, the Scottish Communities Climate Action Network's podcast sharing stories of community-led climate action in Scotland to help us all imagine the better and fairer future and transform what we think is possible. My name's Katie Ravel. I'm a podcast producer and I'm also a member of SCAN's Story Circle and the Storytellers Collective. This past year, I've been working on a podcast series together with the Nordic Alliance of Artists' Residencies on Climate Action, or NARCA for short. It's a network of seven art institutions across the Nordic region and Scotland, and they're all working together on their response to the climate crisis. The series is called Testing Grounds, and it features conversations between artists, activists and researchers on a whole range of topics. Things like amplifying young people's voices on the climate crisis, reducing waste in art installations, decolonising the art world, rethinking urban design, and the role of Inuit values in democratising decision-making around climate action. You can listen to the series by searching for Testing Grounds in whichever podcast app you use. I also produced a bonus episode of Testing Grounds, and we're going to hear that shortly. It features Mary McLeod, a Glasgow-based writer who works in both Gaelic and English. Mary's going to be sharing the English and Gaelic versions of her short story, Seasickness, or Cur Namara. It's a piece that Narca commissioned her to create. In Seasickness, Mary draws on a traditional Scottish folktale, The Selkie Wife, and she updates it for an age of climate crisis. You can find out more about Narca at narca.art. I hope you enjoy the episode. My name is Mary McLeod and I am a writer from Glasgow, writing in both Gaelic and English. Mary was commissioned by Narca to create a short piece of fiction in Scottish Gaelic with an English translation. Along with Scots, Gaelic is one of Scotland's two Indigenous languages. It used to be the most widely spoken language in Scotland, but now only a small part of the population speaks it. But there's a growing interest in how Gaelic language and culture can help us build healthier relationships with the land, with ecosystems and with each other. Mary took inspiration for her writing commission from a well-known Scottish folktale, The Selkie Wife. Which is a story that comes in many different forms, lots of different iterations across Scotland and across generations. Selkies are mythical beings that can shapeshift. When they're in the sea, they live as seals, but they can also come onto the land. By removing their seal skins, they can take on human form. I've always been really inspired by these folkloric aspects of storytelling, especially in Scotland. So I wanted to write a story that reimagined the tale of the Selkie in a kind of context of changing seas, changing coastal environments for the the current climate. Are these stories that you grew up with? Definitely stories that I grew up with, but the Selkie one in particular. When we were growing up, my sister and I had a book called Stories by Fireside. And it was a collection of different stories written by Shirley Hughes, famous children's author, and had these beautiful illustrations of it. 
And the Selkie story just always really stood out to me because it just made me really sad, but it was also quite scary. The illustrations were quite dark. So I always kind of saw it as a dark, sad story. And yeah, that's kind of where I first heard about the Selkies. But then as you get older, you kind of realise that these stories are kind of everywhere in Scotland. But that's where I first kind of got into them. I wrote the story when I was at the Sari residence in Finland and I was there for two months which was an absolutely magical inspiring time and I wrote that kind of being inspired by the natural environment around me even though we were in kind of the forest surrounded by trees I was just thinking about these kind of stories that you tell around the fire Not that many of us do that nowadays, but that would have been told around a fire. And the time at Sari was just absolutely incredible. It's a kind of place where you kind of lose all concept of time and space and you're just in a complete bubble away from the quote-unquote real world and you're surrounded by interesting people, you're surrounded by beautiful landscape and we had snow for a good chunk of the time that we were there, probably about a month of snow, and I've never seen snow like it. Whenever anyone asks me, how was your time, I just say magical, because it truly was. And how did that actually come about, that you went to Surrey? So last year I took part in a residency at Cove Park, one of the other partners of NARCA and that was a young Gaelic writers residency. So I was at Cove Park in Argyll for two weeks. So very different from two months. So that was a kind of snapshot of what a residency is like. And post Cove Park, I was given the opportunity to take part in the NARCA exchange programme for creatives who kind of produce work that comments on climate-related issues. So that's how I ended up at Sari. At Sari, there were, I think, nine of us in total, nine artists, creatives. We built up a really strong community and we all kind of helped each other. And I was really inspired by all the work that all the other artists were doing. And I think without having that contact with them I probably wouldn't have produced the amount or the kind of quality of work that I did produce so I think that's a really important aspect of residencies in general but in particular Sari has done a really good job of kind of facilitating that. And can you tell us about how you actually got to Sari? Yes so rather than flying to Finland which would have probably taken about three hours I travelled via slow travel. I was very lucky to get funding for that from the Kone Foundation, which fund Sari. So how I travelled was via Glasgow to Edinburgh, down to London, Eurostar to Brussels, train to Hamburg, train to Copenhagen, train to Stockholm, and then the final leg of the journey was the overnight ferry from Stockholm to Turku in Finland so it took me about five days I think in total and that was doing it as 
fast as I could do it. Even though it was slow travel, it still felt like it was all happening very fast. And before I knew it, I was at Sari in a little cabin. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. You just get little tasters of culture along the way. Whereas when you travel by air, you get on a plane at point A, you come off at point B, and you've got no kind of concept of all the places that you've passed over in that time to get from point A to point B. So I think it's just being able to get tasters of a city and of a place. It makes sense, the kind of changes in culture along the way. Yeah, I would recommend for anyone to try and travel like that if it's possible. I know it can be difficult in terms of money and also time, but it is a really kind of special way of travelling. Why is it important to you that you work in both Gaelic and English? Writing in Gaelic, I think, is important for me in two ways. First, personally, because it's the language that my family have spoken, people that have come before me, like my granddad, my pshenar in Gaelic, he wrote in Gaelic as well. And for me, it's kind of like keeping on that family legacy, but then also there's the the kind of wider cultural legacy. And I think particularly when you're writing about environmental issues, it's important to understand that cultural sustainability is just as important as environmental sustainability. And that's kind of a hot topic in the Scottish Highlands and Islands. And if I can contribute, even though I'm a Glasgow Gale, if I can still contribute to sustaining our language then that's really important to me and I hope that I can continue to do that and really play a part in keeping the language but also the culture alive. And you mentioned a moment ago that Narca were specifically commissioning artists, writers who are engaging with mm-hmm. environmental issues, the climate crisis, whatever term we want to use. Why is that something you're interested in? Why do you engage with that in your work? It's kind of always been present for me, that kind of sense of justice for the planet, justice for animals and non-humans, but also justice for people in general and I think growing up I've always had that and it kind of started from like a love of animals and really caring about endangered animals and then as kind of as a teenager you kind of learn more about climate and global warming and stuff like that and it just kind of developed as an interest over the years. I went on to study geography which kind of ties in the social and the natural sciences So I did that at university and did a master's in a course called Earth Futures. So it's always kind of been something that's interested me. And I think that in terms of tackling these issues, to really get to people's hearts, being creative and producing creative work and artistic work that does that is really, really important because 
technological solutions can always go so far, but if you really want people to change, then you need to pull at the heartstrings a little bit, in my view. Here's Mari reading her story, Seasickness, first in English and then in Gaelic. Even if, like me, you don't speak Gaelic, I'd really encourage you to listen to both versions. Seasickness. Cur Namara. The pair walked hand in hand along the sand, their anorak zipped up tightly. It was spring, and the sun was battling with the clouds and just about winning. But the wind from the sea was fierce and chilly. Ava, recently turned six years old, was restless and bouncy. It was the Easter holidays, which meant she was more excitable than usual as a week with her grandparents stretched out before her. The sea sighed in and out, breathing gently. Look, what's that over there? Ava shouted, letting go of her granddad's hand and bounding over to the rock pools. He followed on slowly, the torment of a dodgy hip hindering him. It was becoming more and more difficult to keep up with her on their escapades, and he tried to push the reality of the inevitable to the back of his mind. These days were far too important to him. It's a bird, Ava shouted back at him, dropping her litter picker to the ground and crouching down. When he finally caught up with her, his heart dropped. It was a gannet, entangled in netting. Stay back, Ava, he said, knowing the birds could be aggressive. It was alive, thank God, but its wings and webbed feet were pulled tightly to its body, stopping it from moving, and it was flailing its head around in distress. A resourceful man, he took the pliers he kept in his jacket pocket and began to snip the netting, holding the bird's bill shut with one hand to avoid injury. With every snip, the bird's wings began to flap, until eventually the netting came completely loose. Slowly, the man let go and the bird took flight, disappearing up into the rock face. Ava grabbed the netting with her litter picker, examining it closely, then stuffed it into the black bag. Shenar, if we didn't find that bird, would it have died? she asked. It may well have, he responded, but luckily you and your eagle eyes were on the case. Four years earlier, a sperm whale had been found on the beach in Shellabost. They said it had 100 kilograms of litter in its stomach when it died. A big ball of human waste, just sitting inside its body. He'd had to hide the tear that streamed down his face when he saw it on the news, for fear his wife would call him an old fool. That was when he'd started doing the beach cleanups. When Ava was no longer wobbly on her feet, he'd started taking her with him. He didn't like to get too sentimental, but it was difficult when she came along. Being a parent had been a minefield, learning what to say and what to do. But being a grandparent, it was different. He got to give her the best parts of himself, and in return, she gave him hers. But he couldn't help but wonder what kind of world she'd live in long after he was committed to the ground. When their bags were full, they laid a picnic rug on the sand and sat side by side, watching as the waves beyond advanced and retreated gently. They wolfed down the well-earned sandwiches, made with the care of a wife and grandmother in the morning. 
Will you tell me one of your stories? Please, 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 Ava exclaimed, licking the remnants of homemade raspberry jam from her fingers. Okay, okay, come and sit close to me. The man gazed out to the sea and thought of all the stories it had to tell. Well, there was once a young fisherman who had heard the tales of the seal folk, the Selkies, and how they came ashore and shed their skins. A man of logic, he considered himself too wise to believe such fairy stories. That was until he saw her, dancing and singing on the beach one summer's night, her song wistful and alluring. Her hair was as dark as the deepest corners of the ocean, her eyes as black as the night sky. Her sealskin was neatly folded on the rocks. Enticed by its shine, he swiped it and hurried home with his treasure. Soon after, the young seal woman appeared on his doorstep. Please, sir, I can't return to the sea without my skin, she pleaded. But he would not give her back her skin. Instead, he asked her to become his wife. Now, she had no desire to marry this strange man, but with the magnetic pull of her skin so strong, she was bewitched. And so she accepted, knowing she would one day take back what was hers and leave him lonely and feeble. But the years passed, and she did not get her skin back. She scoured the house longingly, but her attempts were futile. The couple had a child, a girl, and she loved her dearly, but she missed her seal family in the sea. She would sit at the window gazing out at the ocean, thinking of them every day. The fisherman grew agitated and cruel as his yield of fish depleted and time bounded on. Men came from the south with their innovations and their noise, drowning out the soothing songs of the birds. Then fish came aplenty, dragged en masse from the sea, and so did the money. The seal woman's husband brought to her a solid gold necklace, as though her obedience and her love could be bought. Two decades passed, and the seal woman's sorrow grew stronger and stronger. One dark autumn night, her daughter, herself now a gallus young woman, came to her. Mother, I think I've found something that belongs to you, she said, carrying a large package wrapped tightly in plastic. Knowing exactly what it was, the woman leapt up in joy. She unwrapped the package and the sweet, seaweedy smell of the skin enveloped her. She ran through the village, barefooted, in her nightdress, and down towards the sea, ready for its welcoming arms. When she reached the sand, she turned back to see her daughter had followed her. She gave her a final kiss as tears fell down her daughter's cheeks, the saltiness a blessing on the woman's lips. She ripped the gold necklace from her neck and placed it in her daughter's hands. Sell it and get away from here, she said, letting go of her child's cold fingers. Mother, please don't go. I have to go, my child. I'm going to be with the sea, where I belong. She wrapped her skin around her as she walked slowly into the salt water, awaiting the familiar metamorphosis. But her shape wouldn't change. She swam out with the skin heavy and cold on her back, knowing the currents would soon embrace her. 
But the sea, it had changed. It was not as it had been before. It was warmer, emptier, lifeless. Her skin wouldn't mould to her body as it had done before. It blistered and began to wither, losing its elasticity. An angry wave came and lifted her, depositing her at the water's edge like scrap. She lost her grip on her decaying seal skin and the currents whisked it away from her. She shivered as she watched it float like a carcass out to the horizon before disappearing out of view. Have mercy on me, she bellowed to the waves. Let me return home. But the sea just roared back at her, ignoring her pleas. Birds cawed as they circled in the night sky, mocking her. She sang for her seal family, but heard nothing in response. They were gone. And so, she was sentenced to a life of misery on land, unable to return home. She made a shelter in a cave by the sea where she lived alone, vowing never to return to the man who had stolen her freedom so many moons ago. She watched on as the beaches were littered with debris and rottenness took hold of the sea. Some say that on the wind you can still hear her singing her tormented song, longing to return to the sea she once knew. Ava turned to her granddad with a look of disapproval, narrowing her eyes. That's not how the story goes, Shenar. She gets to go back to the sea and lives happily ever after with the seals and brings her family on the land lots of fish. We learned about it in school. Well, sweetie, the thing about stories is they are always changing, the old man said, just like the world around you. The story's yours now, and you have the power to change it, and so will your grandchildren after you. Well, I like the one Miss Macaulay told us better, she declared matter-of-factly. Your one was too sad. You're right, he said with a laugh. It probably was. Ava rose to her feet, then danced across the sand in her wellies. She spun round and round, twirling her litter picker like a baton. Come on, the beach isn't going to clean itself, she said, offering her granddad her hand to hoist him up. On the horizon, a seal poked its head above the water and watched them intently. Kur Namara Sea Sickness Koshikin ji shaka kola iriganavih in shakachin chaun mumboikin Shen Cherochavan is Vagrian a Burnachug and Sahounds Bachelin Scohan, a cast Vagurn a Mare Fiaikis Fur, Va Eva a Vagiroch Beckin a Sheerblian Ergosh a Bock a Deakman Kursh. She served lying the Kashgavan is Vaitolichuk and Rofat Shakin a Gekolidia Shenar, Vavur a Gosnuk Gusokur. Shall, Gia Shet, Yave Eva. A lekal asin tinal of eichgers on scutal a hokal is a yeruyan og in the krekin. Lenin shaun dunya eichis lutoch, pian a chruach in a goperer, 
Vai fas na studia is na studia ya kumosuusria is loose na hoike eke. Umukrach she ian a haun, yev eva, she sula revaun is vai rock down in liana choriking. Glusharash, hurste, lan esike gumbiak na hione vasha fiaich. Vai bia tang to ye ak vai skiahan is a chasin glashtedi voik. Vai folishokin noyan in aching is a hyaun a dove or hurv guturv if yachin ni fine coaches and lean. Hukin shalm dunya gremere as a forkach, margunya lav karoch vai in corny jishels on soyhug some bee. Hoshike garug and lean, a kumogremer gop and yon agusnach beechak e. Mirek hal, hoshi skiahin and yon a clapbug as hooch and leonid falav a lukulir. Gusluthoch licken dunya in chian as is yerichair echak, a dol machashalag at out in the cricket. Nine eva grat graim erin leon, gasgrutig, is hiliki e yan fokevod du veike. A henar, mir a beak sheener in chian shenalorik, and beak ed basachug, yanihi. Stoche, ricker a shenar, nachevius tankel guno usa aun. O hun keir bliune chai muk varis bútoch a lorik ir in traeik shelbost. Hursak gyrokiet kilogram skutel in braine stamak. Bol mor trulish, jiroch a suya na voik. Yalikin botoch in jir a hurtshias outen nur a hunyakishin in the neokin. Sanek almshin a hoshike a krunyaku skutel von trae fashgore. Nurva evan is kinchia irikasin, hoshike katorsh kolorish. On a rukugi, vai er fast nas mu einchnicha, nur va clown eke henok, vai er vifiachin in a rioten eumsukug, je bechor ya yanu is je nach bechor, ach va vina to hener eter yaliche, is aper gurun lying gala eke henis eva kola, acher kul einching, va kishin eke menchorsha sul ansum fasig ishesuus, fata in jay ya hen a dol yantalu. Nur van de bakken in Achgelan, hyat er som picknick er igen avich. Jich iat ne kepper in avache, iat er en ulchuglig gulm na is sheneverse vatting. A henner, en ischigo ferien is gielchenacket, macheta holly, jeev eva a gimelig shili von the korrekeneke. Trot maha leti, is trot nas ashgorum. Rein eva shen, a gol greem er a shenner, is gasokrehug hen nagarstenen. Hjal in dunya a machian vur, a smunyachug in the skelachin a vekari isha. Urikin, va eesker alkaun, va er skelachin a chleinching mo vainchen than ron, naselkis, is marahikig yet hunachlatig, is marahilikig yet the crackening. Dunya nach eesta gristorian sheenach, va hein fatarulich as on the rutenchen a kretching. Shin gusum faka e isha a dauser and trai, un oike hauri. Vai is shine, a horan eich gebein agis kuach, va falt ho doroch rin a hatchkin as daina sechuan, is a sulin ho durish an ar va osen kuun. Er krek, van cracking ron eichke er a fasku kukurmach, ron eesker a gremer, is galavelish. Hapaluya vair chilig yaku lish a cracking and nochkin boronoch eke goddess. Chanurigo chili yan vur is asonish mochraking, yevi. Achatorige erash ye, enachishin huke tarikshe fossi ye. Nesha, 
Hraisha each of the Girian Dunyashaw Fossig, Akvatari ne Krakin, whole larcher, Agistan Bishet and Doyasasse erainerash, Yanagie. Hurstigan Possigie, Akvalan S. Aker, Gunchikigi Yaki, Kolus Buringi, Gaakal Erndenoch Agis Lak. Hind the Bionichin Shachet, Is Hadur the Vichen Ron Grimer Krakin Aker, Hoyati Sukula Hatcher, Akroyan. For pasture, a couple. Nian, I is van Boronoch Lan Gragi. Hoshi he fuse a Venus Messele in Dunya Eke. A Haron girl, Liev Hulacher, Savires on in Churloch Eke, Ek Mur. Hoyuki Ekin Unyak, a shouting in a vur, a Smurnyukman Jane, a Hulad La. Gasin Tieske Jumpoch or Haroe Glachig Moran Eishk. Hikige Yahi Gruemach, is be Isha a ye McDailyke Glishakut Sheriffetish. Hudna Hiesker in Barak Vatican a Machamur. Hanik fearful yesli inalan is fuum, a bahig oran kuun than ian. Anish, for pouches age gown, scoopje vil grund na mare, agis pouches arakich. Hukin Chiesker sheet moonal or yavnoi, is a lan and dug and bunya a deal shock as a mahanis a hyanoch. Chai fichet blion a shachet, is fa bron a vaichen ron har smurn. Ach un eiche ugger, hanik in nien eiche huike, e heen a nish na boronach ok nyog yautach, na garstenen va package vor suinche an im film plastic. Avahir, ha me rutiker a lorik, is ha me smunchen gran latze a hai. Lame in boronach lanes eiche jevaun. Raki and Pakech Fuskoche is Huri and Falik Salchen Milish. Rai Tronvale Kas Rukje is Shieskunamare, Vai Jishal. Voihi Gunon Nianaike Relenting. Huki Poki is at the Huchna George Shiersha Hurton, Van Saling Madbianok at Leapen of Eichen Ron. Rapi and Shane Ord Vohavich is Kurian and Lavin Hina E. Rakeshaw is Chikamakas Shaw. Hanyam ye giri gim falavu, evam. Slan lat, egrai, ham ye chiligian vur farm bun me. Hurin cracking chemical order is koshi gislotokian eske, a fehur son in ahrochi. Achavur, vayer ahrochug. Vai nas blaye, nas alue. Hagoak and Kraken the Shavoike. Hoshike a bullock nahug as a shakug, a cowl a hoopaljok. Hook town mori gachilical guchir. Hali grimer a Kraken as glackness ruine, gathlotog a falabuipe. Hoyat ear er, er flot marklosoch. Is er fare a dull and machish shellig. Gian trocker or him, like God chilig yachi, ye vivachin ron. Akva vur jidoch a bakal rash, ginevigal fiashti. Is marshen huri bean behe a cheer. Rainy Archer Fasky Yehin on in Gior, Eke Clatoch, Farin Chikagin Nian Eke Heliore, Achajaki Yaki Gundunya Eke Tuluk, 
in Ferigatchakuch Sersha Blionichin Arash. Hunakin the Trayan, Ilionigli Scutal, is the Spruilach, is life has a gal Tarish a Huern. A fine grah and Kleinu, a horan hast at a guy, is he a gunter moon the matter. Hunter Eva is Hoya Tierishenar, the Southern Gear. Hanau Marshen a hand scale a henner. Hai a chilikian vur, agis hai tolicha, linaron ele, agis be a torch tor aisk don chilok aker cheer, using shimajins and skull. Wild metal, haskilkin and corny a gaharukuk, rickerin dunya, dirachman and sermon kurstoch, orst. Thirty to cows and beer yanulish and scaleok, san latze a hyenish. Well, a shar limeset in story a yeesh misnikal laigain, van che akitse rov ronach. Lickin dunya mach gare, how kyashta grai, a tosh pok yer kyaun, she va. Yerich eva nurshin is gaunsi harish, eriganavich ans nabotan eneke. Throat the henner, hursti, famishin kumalarn. Kuria mach alav hukke is le kuchukuk hasten shalm dunya. Ik emuik mur. Noch kaun ron as kyonanishke, a kumalsul gyar ora. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like and share it with others. It'll really help us reach a wider audience. If something exciting is happening in your own community, be sure to let us know so that we can help you tell your own story. You can drop our story weavers a line at stories at scan.scot. It's scan, S-C-C-A-N, dot scot, S-C-O-T. We also offer training and mini-grant support to community storytellers. To keep up to date with our offerings and everything SCAN, check out our website at scan.scot or find us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or simply sign up to the newsletter.